0: Welcome she just wanted to tip no advice on the side of the road with some wrist, roll the dice. if they catch us because we all gonna
1: die poor talk this is the true story of three changes. picture. world can't get it and have their lives minor high school we'll stopping play and start getting real I'm Eric
2: this is Miss Paige Lee
0: easy tell papito the DMV's finest Mansfield's finest Brock Road Elementary, class of 06 valedictorian we got a teacher panel today with three guests we'll let Greg Rickin start off
3: Hey guys, I'm Greg Rickon. Uh, I'm a school counselor working at Father Judge High School in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Really happy to be here.
4: I'm Kelsey Rosen. I'm currently in my third year of teaching. I've taught kindergarten first and second, and I'm currently teaching in New York City.
5: Hi, I'm Megan. I'm a first year teacher in Maryland, and I teach art for pre-K through fifth grade.
1: Um, guys, thank you for coming on. We got a lot to get into. Um, I think we should just kind of start it out. Um, we kind of did backgrounds of what you guys teach and what age you teach, which is also great. So let's just go into what made you guys want to even get into teaching to begin with.
3: Um, I want to get into education in the beginning because I had a lot of great experience working with kids at my sleep camp, Camp Kansas. Yep. Uh, I knew I was really like loving helping with children, being like a role model or advocate for them. So I just knew that was a field I wanted to go into.
4: For me, I just kind of always knew I wanted to be a teacher since I was little. I would be the person in my basement playing school and then elementary school, I just loved all of my teachers, and since then, I just always, it was something I always knew I wanted to be.
5: So, I come from a family of teachers, um, but I have always loved art my entire life, and I've worked with children my entire life, so what's a better way to mix the two than to be an art teacher? And that's where I'm at. There you go.
0: Okay. Before we dive into whatever is up next, quick question. First off, Rickon, does candidates just pay you to shamelessly plug them? Like, <laughs> what, what, what was that? No, no, no plug. No plug. Now that we got that out the way, and Kelsey,
3: also, my parents are both teachers too, so I'm kind of in the same situation as Megan. Like, growing up, both my parents are
0: teachers. Uh, okay, okay. Kelsey, Kelsey says she had been teaching for three years. Neither of you said how long you'd been teaching. Just want to know how long have you guys been teaching?
3: This is my third year uh, as a guidance counselor. Okay. Megan said next
5: year. I did say first year when I introduced Oh, my bad, school.
0: my bad. So it was Greg who was fucking us up. We good. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next
1: question for you guys, uh, Greg, it might not be as applicable to you, but mm-hmm. for Kelsey and Megan, what, like, did you guys always know that you kind of wanted to teach in the younger age groups, or is that just kind of how you got placed with the jobs that you got uh, offered to you?
4: I always knew. I just always loved working with younger kids, like at camp and babysitting and tutoring and everything. I always worked with younger kids. And also they just, they don't talk back to you and you can be weird and they accept you. So they think I'm funny and they tell me I'm pretty, so I can't complain.
5: (laughs) I kind of agree with Kelsey on that. Um, I've worked with the younger age group the most um, at camps and um, just teaching art in general. So then moving into um, my degree i'm actually certified kindergarten through 12th grade so i have a really wide range that i could work with but i chose elementary just because that was where i felt the most comfortable um and had the best experience and i do love just the things they say and <laughs> how they are
1: um rick and so as a guidance counselor what age group do you work with
3: um, i'm in a high school now so nine to 12th grade um I wanted, after grad school, I really wanted to do, like, middle school or high school age. I didn't really have a preference between either one of those, but I really knew I'd not want to do elementary because I feel like I want to help them, like, I really like the aspect of helping them get into colleges and coaching. I really can't do that in elementary schools, so I feel like I'm in a good age group in high school.
0: Greg, this is specifically for you and your counselor role. Mm -hmm. Um. So is most of your work with the children like getting them ready and giving them their options college-wise in post-high school? Is that like uh, a short sum up of what you do for the most part? It's, like
3: half. it's half of like career and college readiness, but also half of academics. Um, making sure the kids are passing all their classes, like making them go to tutoring or extra help. Because this year more than ever, like kids are really not doing their homework uh, or like doing their assignments because it's all virtual. So this year it has been more of like the academic counseling um, more than in my first two years, but also a lot of college or career, like going to trade schools or like uh, unions and colleges. Okay. I
1: feel like that can kind of lead into probably a topic you guys have been dealing with for a while. And, you know, if you want to get anything off your chance or chess now is the opportunity as far as teaching during COVID and all that. And, all the struggles that you've been going through, we can get more into, but just like a high level thoughts, opinions, etc., about COVID teaching.
4: It's definitely been difficult. Um, I'm fully remote this full school year. So it's been very different than when we were in the classroom and they're definitely not learning as much as if they were in the classroom. Um, but there's pros and cons to it. My hours are definitely better now that I'm remote. But for their kids' sake, they're not having those social interactions with their other students, and they're just not learning as much as like hands-on, which they need at such a young age.
3: Um, well, I was only from Megan. Uh, but yeah, uh, I feel the same way. It's definitely a lot different being with COVID. I feel very bad for the kids, especially because. Like, they have no socialization. Their lunchroom is all... They're sitting at their own desk, so it's very hard for the kids to be motivated on doing the homework and the assignments. Um, but it's also easier for the kids... I feel like it's easier for the students to get better grades because it's more assignments so they do the work, like, they'll get an A. Um, and but the teachers are really struggling. I'm not sure about Kelsey's school. I don't know, but um, they're really struggling because... It's a hybrid setting, so they're doing in person teaching and also online teaching as well. So they're really struggling to learn like a whole new system and software. So that's really been hard on the teachers.
0: Um, Megan's computer froze and she's about to rejoin. We'll give her that question when she returns. I had a follow up question. Um, before we dive deeper into like the protocols and like what sanctions your counties or state put in, teaching in, during COVID. When you first heard that you were going remote, Kelsey, were you like excited, work from home, this about to be fun, and then it like took a toll on you over time? Or were you like never excited? Or how how, how did you embrace the beginning of COVID, working from home, working remote, as to like now being a year, a year and a half into it?
4: Well, so that Friday, March 13th, well, we all remember that day where we were, but on that day, they told us that morning that it was going to be the last day that we were in person, and it was just going to be like a two-week thing. So we just quickly gave kids workbooks books, and like regular books to read at home, and we thought like two weeks, we'll be back. We'll be fine. Um, so we did, we didn't do like legit full remote teaching for a while, because I work with underprivileged kids, so none of them had like the resources that they needed to be able to do remote learning, So for the first like two, three months, we just did phone calls and I would call them once in the morning, once in the afternoon and just kind of see how their work's going. We would email out work and then more towards the end of the year, they all got sent like Chromebook tablets. So then we were able to do like the full Zoom remote learning, um, which now that's what we've continued this year.
0: Okay. So have you hated this process? Are you okay with it? Do you want to be back in person like ASAP? What's the stance on that?
4: I, I I would rather be in person. I love like just interacting with my kids and being with them, and they learn so much more when they're in person. And you're, it's just amazing to see like what they can do when we're in person. But remote wise, I'd rather be fully remote than hybrid, I think. I, I think agree. Just, there's so many protocol calls and like things that you need to be like careful about it just would have been a lot more stressed so I think the full remote is better than being hybrid but I 100% rather be completely in person like normal times mm. but obviously that can't be the case right now
1: I can't even imagine the fact that you were like at one point just calling every kid in the morning and like the afternoon or just that's like what you, what you had to do
4: oh yeah my phone bill for that month unbelievable <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's crazy, um, Greg. What about you? What about you? You said you guys uh, are hybrid, right?
3: Uh, we're hybrid the whole year. But last year we were like same thing. I thought it was be two weeks, so I was kind of excited. I thought it was like a little two week break, um, but then it turned into the whole year. And kind of like what Kelsey said, a lot of the kids in my school didn't have Chromebooks or tablets yet, so they made the last fourth quarter just like a catch up quarter to so make up any missing work they needed but no instruction was done until this year but we've been hybrid this whole year um instead of in november we went all virtual for like a month because the cases spiked and i also agree with kelsey though that like i feel like hybrid is the worst of the three options like all in person all virtual and then hybrid um because the teachers i kind of feel like have not don't have full grasp on the hybrid learning They'd much rather like teach everyone in person or teach everyone virtually. But also like all the kids want to be in the building five days a week. And hopefully uh, that'll be the case next year when school starts.
0: Do me one favor for the listeners who do not know, and maybe me. I might be the person who doesn't a thousand percent understand. What does hybrid look like for you? Are we saying like maybe we go a week in person, we do a week virtual, or we go like every other day? How's mm-hmm. hybrid play out for you? Well,
3: hybrid is every other day. So each class, oh, hell person. no, like 24 kids. Um, 12 of them are group A students, and 12 of them are group B students. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, let's say one week, it'll be group A, and Tuesday there is a group B, and then it goes like that the whole year, which like a really crazy thing about that that I just thought of. The freshman class have not spent one day together with the whole grade because they just know half the kids in the school and half the kids in their grade. So we're trying to do um, next week is have one day where the whole freshman class comes together for one day just to like socialize and meet each other. Because that's a huge deal that they don't even know half half of their own class.
5: And hybrid looks different for elementary level. And at least for my state, it's been crazy. Um, Hybrid for Maryland and for my county has been um, only since March. So we were all virtual up until March. And then we started going back just two days a week. So Mondays and Tuesdays, we have about only 180 students that actually come in out of our 500. And then on Wednesdays, everybody teaches from home. And on Thursdays and Fridays, the teachers have to go into the building, but there are no students in there. So we teach virtually from the school building. That just sounds like
0: more work for me as a teacher to try to keep up with. Like if I want to go out... If I want to go out drinking with the boys, I got to oh, think, 100%. like, do I fucking go to work tomorrow, or am I at home? Do I even have kids here? Like, <laughs> nah.
5: <laughs> it does make a difference. If I have to go in the school building and I know there's children in there, it's a whole different level of energy, and it's so much more work than when I, I just go hybrid. in and I'm by myself. I feel like myself. you either got
1: to go one or the other. It just doesn't make I sense. I agree.
3: It's tough. And I
5: agree. No. We're yeah,
2: going know.
1: in to teach and then all the kids are on Zoom. What the fuck's the point of that?
2: So I had a question. I was wondering if you all had experienced um, issues with child care in your students as far as being remote and virtual or like conflicts with parent schedules and having to keep your kids home.
5: So um, I was mentioning that my school is partially Title I, which means that majority of my school population is minority, um, or has like working class families, um, or students where English is a second language. So there's a lot of, um, students with siblings in the house, or they're at their cousin's house or their neighbor's house. And there's a lot of distractions at home or they're in, um, daycare and there's a lot of noise going on in the background. Or I've had students even join, class from their car like going to mcdonald's or going to the grocery store with their parents and i've i've just seen some crazy stuff like it's really difficult for the teachers it's really difficult for the students it's really difficult for the parents like across the board it's just not very effective especially for the elementary level students like who need that attention and that one-on-one and that help that they can't always get My school is the same way. Like
4: Megan, um, a lot of minority working class families where the parent just can't give the kids the attention that they need during the school day. So it's a lot of struggling and a lot of kids are behind where they would have been if
5: we were in person. Like my principal was saying that come next year, um, the gap is so huge that a student will be essentially a year and a half behind where they're supposed to be.
2: Oh, 100%. Um, I agree. Which is,
5: which is definitely accurate. And yeah. attendance is another big thing. Like, students just not showing up to virtual school, and they're losing so many days of, like, education that they would normally have in person.
3: Yeah, attendance is a huge thing in my school, because a lot of kids, since they're old enough to like, go on their own, the parents went back to work in, like, September, October, just trust their kids are going back into the building mm-hmm. We're on for virtual days and kids are out for like three weeks at a time and we'll call the parents and they literally have no idea that the kids are missing school because they think they're either in the building or logging on when they're remote so that's been a really tough problem this year
0: when you said you were hybrid and had older kids that was my first thought because just me as a 16 17 year old with a license yeah y'all wasn't finna see me so I could imagine you probably go through that a lot with high schoolers who have cars and girlfriends and things like that to get into. They're not coming to school.
3: No. And, and like they'll tell their parents they're going to school. Like, yeah, mom, I'm going to school. And they have, like, they're not going to check on them next they I'll go back to work. So it's crazy. Like Kids have like 50 absences or like 45 absences.
5: I definitely mm-hmm. have a student that is at like 105 missed days. Mm-hmm. And she's in kindergarten. Wow. So it, it also comes down to parent accountability too. I feel like Dude, That's kind of on the parents. It's it's kind of on the parents when you're in an elementary when you're an elementary school child, but at the same time those parents are working and maybe the child's at grandparents' house and grandparents don't know how to log on or do anything with technology. Yeah. And there's also parents that speak only Spanish, no English, and have no idea how to work a computer. So I have like kindergartners relying on their older siblings or cousins to help them navigate computer issues
2: those truancy officers are having a field day right about yeah.
0: <laughs> they're not working oh, right absolutely. now absolutely <laughs> <laughs> do that even apply to like elementary school kids i, I mean it probably do Actually, so. yeah we
5: have we have pupil personnel workers and social workers that like do house calls for students that miss um and if if, if it was a normal school year they could actually go knock on their door and and like court order them and say you need to send your child to school but there's no power behind that this year with virtual learning
2: yeah in the past i've had um, like parents of friends that have actually had to spend time in jail because their kids weren't going to school wow. it's a thing yeah and if you're a minor you're like the parents responsible so the kid doesn't get any hey. at
0: all. I wish someone would have come told my mom she was going to jail because I wasn't going to school. <laughs> Everybody there would have heard something that day.
2: Yeah. It's bad.
0: What you got next, Eric?
1: Um, Do you guys do you want to get more into the kind of protocols that – because you guys are all in different states. Um, what kind of protocols do you guys had initially deal with and kind of are dealing with now? I mean, we kind of talked about a little bit, with kind of doing hybrid and stuff. But.
3: So you said in the hybrid model, like, everyone has to wear masks faculty, teachers, students all day. Their desks are spread out six feet apart. And some classes, they have like the plastic dividers in between each one when six feet were impossible. And then at the end of each period with the last five minutes, they come around with paper towels and spray and every the teacher has to wipe down all the desks of every kid. And now they have um, nine minutes in between periods instead of five. To like not cloud the hallways, so like each floor will let out like a certain time in between periods so it's not so crowded in the halls for
4: me since I, well i work in new york city but i'm not part of the department of education so i'm in a charter school so we don't have to follow what all the public schools in the city do so we're fully remote um and we just my kids are on zoom from nine o'clock in the morning until three forty-five with a few breaks in between but it's a lot for them with, like, seven, eight-year-olds sitting in front of a computer all day. It's a lot.
0: Do so, you ever have to go in, Kelsey, or you just can work remote all the time? Like, do you have remote. to, like, oh, that's awesome.
4: Yeah, so for the, they decided for this school year we're going to be completely remote. And then we're actually oh. ending a month early. So I'm done in two weeks. And then we're wow. starting a month early
5: now. And we're going to be
4: hybrid next year.
3: Mm. Oh,
5: wow. So my my state of Maryland has been insane um, and things have changed like every two weeks. So um, basically we started out the school year virtual and like a month in the board, they, the board of education has had so many emergency meetings or meetings once a month to change it up on us <laughs> and vote like how we're going to make it different. So it's not been consistent. We started off virtual. I was teaching from home every day, and then um, once like winter break and everything was over, the new year started. They made the decision to go hybrid two days a week, and then about a month in into April, they were they made the decision to go four days a week in person. But that that's not necessarily applicable for all schools. It really depends on staffing and who's available. Um, because we have a two hour break in the middle of the day for the kids that are at home. And so the kids that are in the building also have that two-hour break in the middle of the day, um, and they have to have somebody that monitors them. So (laughs) I do lunch and recess duty two days a week as a monitor on top of teaching 21 art classes.
0: Yeah, that that don't sound like it. What are the hours that the kids are in the school for?
5: So the ones that are in the building... (laughs) They start the same time as the ones that are online. So uh, I want to say the start time is like 8.30 for third through fifth grade. And it's nine o'clock for um, the younger ones. And then everybody logs off at 11. um, And then we have lunch and recess and everything. And they come back on at one o'clock. And then they are done by three.
1: I couldn't I would be so pissed if I was a kid and I was just at school like doing nothing for 2 hours.
5: Well, they don't do nothing. They <laughs> I have to go cover the class and do lunch and recess with them. So, but that's only an hour. So then the other hour um they're with their other teacher doing like <laughs> something called friends and fun time, which is basically just <laughs> ex- extended recess, like it, they do whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, this this sounds terrible. Yeah, Maryland came is up so stupid.
5: This... Maryland Whoever... is very stupid.
0: Yeah, this person was not super intelligent. I'm going to have to look into how stupid this it person like They
2: mean, just made it as hard as humanly possible. Like, let's see how, how much we can do to throw a bunch of different things in to make it just hard.
5: Yeah, so then they, they voted on four days a week, but not everybody can do that because of staffing. So then they're having another emergency board meeting soon to try and push people to five days a week. And I'm like, it. we have we have literally 25 days left in the school year for my county. And why are we making this decision now?
3: Yeah, I feel like it's way too late in the year to make new plans for this year.
0: Yeah, you're on to something, Greg. Maryland might, need you, might need you on that school board. I think so. I mean, There's um, no teachers on my school board either. School,
3: so That's man, crazy. I
0: have, I have a slight change of topic get us off COVID-related things, get back into the just aspect, the glory, the glam of being a teacher or an educator. We do a thing here where we ask realistically, like realistically. So realistically, do you guys think as educators y'all are underpaid? If so, what realistically do you think needs to be done for a little pay raise? And how much of a pay raise do you think you need, deserve, require?
4: Um a million dollars a year, obviously. Oh my god, I love That's
0: it. That's a really it. loaded question. No, it, it is.
3: Um, I definitely think I'm underpaid. I don't know what to do, like to make like what protocols to make more money. But I think they have to account for the amount of hours that people spend outside of the classroom. Like either prep planning or grading or on the phone with parents, like not just school hours. It's really not a job when you're done, when you leave the building. So I feel like that should be taken into account.
5: Like overtime hours? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a short answer and a long answer to this question. The short answer is yes, we do deserve to get paid more. And I don't know how that would necessarily happen. Uh, the long answer is education, like constitutionally, education is responsibility of each state. So it's not federally like a rule that education is written as a federal thing. It's, it's the responsibility of each individual state and every state handles it differently. We all have different curriculums. We all have different pay rates. We all have different standards of living. So if you think about how to raise um, teacher salary, you have to you have to go state by state basis, right? What the standard of living is. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a, there is a sliding pay scale for teachers, but
0: yeah. they,
5: it starts off low. And so even with getting a master's degree, it only increases like $3,000. That's it. Getting a whole master's degree only increases my pay scale $3,000. So crazy. I yeah. don't really know what would change or what would have to change. Um, but I know that we definitely are underpaid for the amount of hours and the amount of work that we put in.
0: Greg might've been on to something. He said he had no, he had no plan or no answer for how to get a pay raise. Um, first off, Greg, never say that when someone asks you how to get a pay raise, come with something. Cause if I'm gonna ask a nigga for more money, I'm gonna tell him what I'm gonna do to deserve this more money. Exactly. And you were pretty much on there. Yeah, um, maybe y'all need to be paid for the work y'all do away from school. Like if yeah. that's you salary, it probably have to be a word of mouth, we trust you system, so nothing crazy. Or we Let's say like this
3: log it, because we log stuff during the building, so we can log it outside, yeah. outside. So
0: if you do an extra 12 hours of work this week, there should be, just off the top of my head, a flat rate that 12 hours of work this week gets you. And that's yeah. additional money for the work you did outside of school on top of your salary. I don't think that's like a crazy concept. No.
2: Uh, Megan, you said that New York has the highest pay rate for teachers. Do you have to yeah, know really. what state has the lowest?
5: Um, yeah, so I think this was in college. They, they literally gave us a spreadsheet of which state was the highest, which state was the lowest across all 50 states. Mm-hmm. And then so my school is very transparent. I went to Towson. And they also gave us a spreadsheet that went county by county in the state of Maryland to say which county pays the most and which county pays the least. Mm -hmm. But anyways, state-wise, I think the least – the lowest paying was like Alaska or one of the Dakotas or something like way out there because – there's nobody there. <laughs> There's nobody there, and that's literally it. Their standard of living is so low; it's so cheap mm-hmm. to live out there because no one lives out there, and that's yeah, why they get paid the least.
2: I was
0: literally gonna say Kentucky. I was like, "What's a place Everyone where I know people?" I
3: literally, come? that's why I asked. I was, I was like, "People
0: stupid out there." The average is Mississippi.
3: That's been like a big thing for me because my parents are in New York now, and they want to move to Florida, and they like asked me to move with them, but like I know Florida's like bottom 10 florida schools oh. are
5: not not good at all because no, not good at all. like if, i'd be
3: taking a big pay cut to go there I if you go to
5: back school. to like history of education <laughs> throwing it out there like the southern states did not care about education the a lot of the universities like the first universities and and major like boarding schools and all of that were up north in massachusetts and maryland and boston and all of that so the southern states they had like private tutoring if you were rich, but other than that, there wasn't really a school system in place until like way, way late. Mm-hmm.
3: Sounds about
2: right.
5: I'm never leaving New York. Put it at that.
3: Yeah, I want to go back to New York. So that's the big reason I want to go back to New York. I've been mean, doing the same job. I've been mean, making like fifteen to seventeen thousand dollars.
5: But you pay more to live there, though. That's why. Like it equals out to be shitty in the end.
3: That's true. Like, I mean, it's definitely more, but I think like I'll be saving more money in New York. Like, you think that, but the standard of living is really high.
0: Damn, she's right. telling you you're going to be broke, Rick. Except like, making bad choices.
3: Um, <laughs> i have been a coach. I, I'll probably get a second job too. But... Dang, you can Isn't start wild, Though, like as right. a teacher, like I could
1: use a second job too, cause I need more income. If we're being realistic.
5: I feel like most teachers do have second yeah. jobs yeah, like in the summertime.
3: Job. Bartending, like
5: waitressing. Tutoring. Yeah. Retail.
0: Yeah, I couldn't imagine getting a degree, getting a job, and then having to get a second job.
2: Imagine yeah. having a master's in your career and having and having a second job still. Fuck. it, it that. still and happens. You're paying student
1: yeah. loans. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I'd be drinking on a regular basis.
0: In class, I'd be drinking. Um, so since we all are talking about we think we deserve, we need a pay raise, teacher-wise, um, I'm assuming none of us got into this job for the money? No. Yeah, yeah. 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 you don't get yeah. the money.
1: Um, I have a question, Because we were talking about Southern states, and this got me thinking about, like, Southern curriculum. Is there... Like an amount of money that you would teach something that you just completely have no belief in, like, for example, abstinence only for sexual education or things of that nature. Is there any amount of money you'd be like, listen, you pay me 150k, I'll teach each kid whatever the fuck you want me to.
5: I mean, I think, like I said, every curriculum is different. So who knows? I don't even know what the Florida curriculum looks like. But I've heard some stories that there's some crazy stuff like in the history books written for like Florida and Georgia and all of that so I think you really have to go off of what you're given and I mean for me as an art teacher I have a lot of like freedom to kind of go off on my own tangents and as long as I follow a theme you know I'm good but I think content wise curriculum wise like if you're teaching math or social studies or reading you have to follow what the state tells you regardless of what the viewpoint is.
2: So yeah, so I live in Kentucky and because it's like super religious down here and we're part of the Bible Belt or whatever, instead of having sex education when I was in high school, we had abstinence education and that's because all of the churches around us voted for our school system to teach us that and obviously it didn't work, Um, (laughs) but that was like a huge thing when I was in high school was abstinence education. I think they've changed that now since it's been like... 10-ish years but um like nobody else does that besides southern states wow.
0: that's it's a like weird that. uh sorry I, yeah i guess your southern state is weird uh, we'll call it like the mid what do we call in kentucky because it's not the, the mid east yeah the mid east okay, like, the south. because i feel like the first issue when you said that uh your church is voted the fuck that i gotta do with my school <laughs> I don't care about what your what your church vote on. That's weird of, on its own.
2: A lot of religious like people in our like big people in our like area are on the school board.
3: Uh, I mean, I work at a Catholic school, and we talk we talk about sex education here during health, not absent. Yeah,
5: so no, it's a it's a Southern Baptist thing. I mean, um, I'm Southern Baptist, but <laughs> I'm up here in Maryland, and it's a whole different world. Yeah. Fiber Belt is different.
0: Do all three of you or any of you see yourselves making a lifelong career out of this? Like, do you think this is what you want to do for the rest of your life? You want to teach kids?
3: Um, yes and no. I want to, I definitely think I have a career as an educator, but I want to get my administration degree soon. So I see myself as like an assistant principal, a principal, like, or athletic director. So I don't see myself being a guidance counselor for more than 10 more years but i definitely see myself like involved in this school for my whole career
4: i just got my masters i plan to be a teacher for the rest of my life so definitely elementary not sure like i don't have a specific grade that i want to stay in but definitely lower elementary for the rest of my life till a certain age then i'll retire but like
3: 50. <laughs> you're dying in office kelsey <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not. i
5: have i have like internal conflict with this question <laughs> because it's my first year and my first year was virtual I'm trying not to um, let that, like, reflect what my future years are going to be like. But it's also hard for me to think, like, uh, career-wise for a teacher, it's a 30-year commitment to get, like, full retirement. So will I be a classroom teacher for the next 30 years? That's really hard to say. Um, I do feel like I'll stick with it for a while because, you know, I worked so hard to get to this point. I'm starting my master's this summer, so... It's definitely a long-term um, job for me, but I don't know if I'll be a classroom teacher or if I will just move within the educational system into some other role.
1: I feel like a COVID year is almost like a mulligan. like it's like a little preseason, just like a terrible yeah. training camp and then like once you actually get a year of like in person, that's when you'll have probably a better grasp assuming
5: exactly. since Kelsey
1: and Greg, you've already done that mm-hmm. a little bit.
5: Yes. Yeah, so I haven't had that yet. So I'm hoping next year is, like, the deciding factor for me. Nigga,
0: yeah, I'm telling you, you're going to like it a lot more next year. Are co-workers enough to make you hate teaching? Because I feel like I know some teachers. Some of them cooler shit. Some of them be out drinking with us Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night. And then other of them just be, like, square as fuck. If you were in a school with just a lot of, like, boring staff, is that enough to make you want to, like, reconsider this?
3: Maybe not reconsider the profession, but like if it, if you're going for like five, six, seven years and you really don't like the people you're working with, maybe try to switch schools. Um That's that's tough. I really like the people I work with. I'm very lucky to have like a great group of people, like young people we go out, but um yeah, that'd be really tough, honestly, to just hate the people you work with.
4: Yeah, like all the All the people I work with are around my age. We go out together and we do happy hour and everything. That also makes me kind of scared to go to a different school where there are older teachers and I just, like, don't know how it will go. It's kind of nice to be with all people around my age and they all just, like, we all understand each other. So I don't – I would definitely still be a teacher. I just think it would definitely make the work environment different.
5: I think you want to have, like, relationships with your – co-workers when you when you're in the school you know if you if you feel like an outsider or you feel not connected to your staff and you don't feel welcomed like you you give it some time but then you might want to consider just finding another school like you want to find a place where you're happy going to work and you feel good about the people you work with um and I I am still like meeting people it's been super weird only having staff meetings virtually and not seeing people in person and trying to get to know my staff, um, my staff, my coworkers virtually has been really strange. So just having random conversations like walking to the parking lot or in the hallways. Um, But I mean, everyone's been welcoming so far and I think it makes a huge difference this being my first year, like feeling that warm welcome, even from a virtual setting. Um, versus, like, no one talking to me or anything like that. So even as the art teacher, I'm already kind of an outsider. You know, I don't have a team that I work with.
0: Are you the only art teacher
5: at your school? Yes.
1: Is there, like, a teaching hierarchy where it's, like, oh, the fucking math teachers are higher, and then, like, they look down on the
2: art teachers and the TV teachers? Question. What a good <laughs> fucking question.
5: Um... So as the art teacher, I feel like often we do kind of get, like, look, not looked down upon, but a lot of extra stuff gets thrown at us because they're like, oh, you teach art. You don't have to teach all of the important content that we do. So you have all of this time to, like, do artsy things and do this for me and do that for me and <laughs> cover my class for lunch and recess and they they don't realize that we teach the entire school you know I don't just have one class of students I teach like 500 kids I see 500 students a week so I think I have a lot of work and a lot more prep um than a typical classroom teacher but yeah I I I wouldn't say I'm looked down upon but I do get thrown a lot of
3: stuff.
1: and where does the guidance counselor fall in the teacher hierarchy at your
0: school?
3: Uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of like an administrator role, honestly, uh, which is pretty funny because I'm definitely not writing an administrator yet. So, like, I have access to like all the kids' grades and records and all that. Um, but no, I work very closely with the teachers, especially with kids' grades. Um, there are some counselors at my school that the teachers aren't really like close with. So like I think they don't know what guidance really does. Um, So some teachers have some pushback because they kind of don't know what guidance counselors really do besides college piece. But, like, once the teachers go into the guidance office and see what's going on, like, they'll have a better idea and they'll start sending more kids to guidance or, like, emailing guidance counselors on school issues or stuff.
1: Kelsey and Megan specifically, I mean, is there any point or is there anything that would make you want to work with older kids at any point in your careers or is it just pretty much like I like the younger kids it's easy they, they call me pretty so it's all good Like, what?
4: <laughs> well like at camp I liked being with the older kids but cause I don't know it's more of like a friend role at camp but where you're a teacher I'd rather be with the younger kids I just I can't picture myself teaching older kids I don't know like the exact reasoning for it I just I don't think I could do it
5: I feel like I could do any grade level. So, you know, I was, I was trained when I went to college to teach K through 12. So I feel like I could teach any level. Um, right now, I feel like I'm young, I'm new, and I like the elementary age. But that doesn't mean necessarily that I wouldn't change maybe later on in my career. Because, you know, maybe 20 years from now, when I'm in my 60s and still teaching, I might... No, just kidding. I'll be in my 50s. I can't do math. I think you're 40. <laughs> um, so I might just not want to be with the younger kids, like at an older age. I might want something a little bit more relaxed. And I also think with the older students, you get a lot more freedom. Um, There's a lot more discussion that goes on and a lot more... Um, Like, you don't have to do as much prep or do as much explanation. You kind of give them a a loose prompt and open it up and let them kind of do their thing. Um, It's a lot more tighter and structured at the elementary level. So I think it really just depends on what I want to do. And, I mean, teachers teachers can change it up all the time. You know, you can have a teacher that teaches pre-K – and then goes to middle school, and then goes back down to elementary school. Like, some teachers really switch it up like that.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask how fluid it is to, like, change positions or grade levels.
3: So. Uh, it's pretty – I know my mom switched around a lot. So you're the same school, but she went from, like, first, fourth, second grade. And then um, my dad actually was a, a middle school social studies teacher, And he took an AP job at an elementary school, but, like, really did not like that. So, he felt like he should have stayed in the middle school.
0: Kelsey, since this is year three of you working with – I think you said you've had kindergarten or first and second grade, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since this is year three of working with kids, like, I'm assuming all under the age of eight, eight or seven, whatever that age is, do you ever feel like you go home and it's like – a little bit exhausting from dealing with little kids and having such simple conversation all day?
4: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It's a handful. Yesterday I even went to the park and I hung out with some students and it was only for like an hour and I was passed out an hour after I got home. I was so exhausted because I'm just not used to it anymore, but it's a lot dealing with kids all day is a lot. Imagine I have 30, 30 to 32 kids all day. From normal hours are like 7.30 to 3.45. So, yeah, it's exhausting for sure.
5: And I have to like switch up my brain because I'll I'll teach like pre-K and then the next class I'll teach will be like fifth grade. And like that shift is just totally different. The way you speak to them, the way you handle the class is totally different. So you kind of, you're always like transitioning the way you think and, and what you're doing. And I don't even stay up past 10 o'clock anymore. Like, I'm such an old lady because I'm so exhausted by the time I come home that I just physically, like, don't want to do anything.
1: Kelsey, I have a question for you.
5: Yeah, go ahead.
1: Do you consider yourself a superior teacher because you have to be well-versed in so many subjects compared to a teacher who might just do social studies or history or English?
4: <laughs> well, my... So, what I teach, I do math, reading, writing, and, like, a little bit of social studies, I guess. Um, and then we have a science teacher, an art teacher, a chess teacher, a dance teacher. So that's all separate. Um, it definitely – I just have to learn – I have to basically teach myself before I teach the kids half the things. Like, we just had a whole unit on the Brooklyn Bridge, and I had – I don't know anything about the Brooklyn Bridge. I had to learn it all myself before I could teach them. Like, I used to think my teachers knew everything when I was little – now my kids ask me a question, I'm like, oh, I don't know, and I Google it. I have no idea. I have to learn it for myself. So I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot more because I'm doing a lot more subjects that I have to, like, learn going through. I, I wouldn't say I call myself superior, though.
1: I'll call you superior. I, like <laughs> I was, like what, of, I was <laughs> like, what type
0: of question is this? Because
1: <laughs> you got to think about it. Like, at, when you're teaching your kids, like, you usually stay in the same classroom. You teach a bunch of different topics. So, like, if I were doing that, I'd be like, oh. Sorry, you teach math. I teach five different things. Get out of my face. But that actually answered led perfectly into my next question, which is, what are some things that people don't necessarily know about teachers? For example, I have a friend in Delaware who's teaching, and she was telling me she was setting up her classroom. She's like, "Yeah, I went to Goodwill and bought a bunch of stuff to put in there." And I was like, what do "You mean like
0: there's,
1: <laughs> there's just not stuff in the school?" She's like, "No, you got to like bring in your own stuff and buy stuff." And I was like, "Are you kidding me? No
5: way!" Yeah. yeah, the amount of money we spend on our classrooms—you don't even want to know. You don't even want you Do you to know. Um, for my state, we get reimbursed two hundred and fifty dollars a year.
0: Oh, did so I many, stay below two fifty?
5: So, <laughs> well, but you don't.
0: That's so tough, though. That's
5: it's so good. tough, though, because like you just don't know what you're gonna need and what your kids are gonna need, and two hundred fifty dollars <sighs> racks up real fast. Like sometimes you're buying erasers. Sometimes you're buying, like, I don't know. You could buy really random stuff. It really just See, depends on, on what you need.
0: This is how I know, outside of me not liking kids, that I was not cut out to be a teacher. Because both of y'all were like, that's tough. And I initially knew it was not tough. <laughs> but for me personally, I don't care. If you tell me my budget $250, i am going to get to 250 and then these kids shit out of luck. But it sounds like y'all are better than me.
3: <laughs> Jesus. That's it.
2: <laughs> $250 worth of pencils and then fuck you.
1: Yeah, that's why there was always like, hey, <laughs> bring yeah. in wipes and stuff. If
2: I'm
0: yeah. being honest, I was buying snacks because I was going to eat some of the snacks too. 250 <laughs> on snacks alone. Everything mm-hmm. else that's on your parents.
5: Also, like, they the art teacher never gets donated things like tissues and wipes and like things that other classroom teachers get. (laughs) So I feel like sometimes I do spend my own money on things that like hand sanitizer. I have to go out and get that kind of stuff or soap or like random cleaning supplies. Like it all adds up. Do not
3: supply that for you guys? They're like their cleaning supplies.
5: If If a parent donates it, then you have it in your room, but that doesn't, that's not something that they give to you. They they give you paper towels, and that's about oh, it. Yo,
0: Greg, what school are you working at? Everything sounds like it's it's nice over there. You said you work where, bro? <laughs> Catholic schools,
3: pay to come. Oh, Catholic
0: schools are. Fun. Oh, they taking okay. care of you.
3: Yeah. Uh huh. No, they have the schools just give us cleaning supplies for everything, cause of COVID, but not before. So like soap and hand sanitizer.
4: My school always gave that to us. Not, not to brag, but (laughs) damn, (laughs) New
1: York's living nice.
4: We have, we have like a teacher workroom which is stocked with like pencils, pens, tissues, paper towels, um, post-its, and paper, and like everything you can think of. So it's pretty much if we need something and we have a reason for it, they and it's like a good reason, not just like oh we just want it. They pretty much will cover it for us
0: so what I'm hearing is Greg you're right move to New York cause the money that Meg told you you would lose because of the cost of living you'll save in school supplies exactly. So <laughs> you'll break even you guys don't don't COE, though. Though.
4: I'm not in a public school public school it's like you fend for yourself I'm an attorney
5: you do fend for yourself in a public school yeah
4: it's little
0: different Yeah, Damn, that's
3: I not at to. all what it is in Catholic schools in Philly I, I hate to hear
0: that, that. um I guess I got to follow-up on my, will you teach forever? If y'all were not teachers, what do you think y'all would be doing career-wise? Like what was option two when you were in college?
3: Uh, Physical therapy was actually option one for me and this Mm. is option two, Uh, Mm. but I'm very happy with the decision. Um, Okay. Yep.
4: I never had an option two. I honestly always knew I wanted to be a teacher. And my friends even tell me now, like, they could not picture me sitting at a desk all day working on Excel and, like, doing all of these, like, things. I, it's just so not me. I always wanted to be a teacher, and, yeah, that's
5: what I became. I'm kind of with Kelsey on that. I, I've wanted to be a teacher probably since middle school, um, and I that was kind of, like, my mindset for all of middle school and high school. Like, you're going to go to college to be a teacher, and I went through – like, five years of college to become an art teacher, like, it was just on my mind, and I'm in it now, and I don't regret my decision, Um, and I was literally just talking to someone about this the other day, like, what would I be if I wasn't a teacher, and the answer is, I have no idea, like, I couldn't even, I can't even think of, like, what my option two would be, because, like, I've never thought about it.
4: I'm with you on that. I have no idea. I could not tell you for the life of me what I would be.
5: Part of me wishes sometimes that I had a desk job. Like I told myself I would hate living like a life where I sat at a desk every day, but then sometimes the chaos of school and of being around children. I'm like, oh, I wish I had a desk job some days.
2: The being well, able to clock in and out
5: is underrated as well.
0: Oh, <laughs> but yeah.
2: of all the overtime you all have to put in.
0: If you're good. Exactly. Because I'm telling you right now, I got some boys who teach back home. (laughs) Them niggas don't know nothing about this overtime y'all telling me about. (laughs) (laughs) Because when 245 come, yeah, don't ask them about no school. (laughs) (laughs) But clearly y'all are doing it the right way. Both of them actually want out of teaching. One has gotten out of it. And the other one is trying to move into real estate. He got into it because he Thought it was going to be an easy degree once he achieved it. Did it for two years and found out he hated this shit. Doesn't even like kids. So if you don't <laughs> like kids and you got to wake up to kids every day, yeah, that shit will drive you sick for two years.
2: Why do you do the like teaching he... if
0: you don't like kids?
2: I feel like he has a lot of red flags.
0: Uh, He was a gym teacher and he played ball in uh, college. And that was just like, he thought it was going to be easy. And he graduated college, went to go do gym teaching. And he was like, yo, like, they make me teach health. <laughs> and I was like, don't every gym teacher teach health? <laughs> and that was the end of the line for him.
2: <laughs>
0: wow. wow! Anyone have any like closing remarks, any wrap wrap up statements, anything to leave us on a note on the way out?
2: Thought so you were gonna say any wraps. I was like, mm, I don't know if this is uh, what?
0: No, wait, not, I the, not the time I or the place. We wrap it up.
1: Um, do you guys have any crazy stories about interactions you've had with parents? Because I have to assume there has to be some fire there.
3: I got a pretty. I email from a parent the other day. Um,
1: What'd you do wrong?
3: I didn't do a whole lot wrong. So a, kid, I, a kid I really like a lot started calling me a, a ginger. <laughs> 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 uh-huh. 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 So I told him to like not to call me a ginger. Like I was like in middle school, like, don't call me a ginger. So he calls me again, and I phone to my office, and I'd be like, dude, call me again. I'll, I'll freaking call home. Like I'll give you like a demerit, whatever. And he goes home. I think he told his dad that I cursed at him. So the dad emailed me back saying like, Hey, do you wanna mother you wanna motherfuck my kid, man? Like, call me as soon as you get this. Like, I'll be in your office tomorrow. Like <laughs> really nuts. Um, but then like, I spoke to my principal about it, I told him what happened. I was like, I didn't because the email, it sounds like it implies that I called him a motherfucker. And I talked to my principal. I'm like, yeah, there's no way this happened. Um, but my prim- like, it, it was all good. Like, the guy actually called and apologized the next day. The dad, he was like heated for some reason, but like, yeah, that was pretty funny. Was a good experience.
5: One thing you have to think about, like with virtual teaching, is these kids are like zooming in or like meeting in from their house. So like, whatever's going on in the background the microphones pick up when they go to speak. So, like, I'll be teaching art, and it could be, like, pre-K, kindergarten, fifth grade, whatever. And I'll ask a kid a question, and they'll go to unmute. And I could hear all hell that breaks loose in the back. So if a parent is cussing or cursing at another child in the background, or on the phone gossiping, or literally anything you say in the background gets picked up through this child's microphone. So I've heard some crazy stuff, uh, being yelled in the background. And I've also heard like Maury flashing on the TV and like movies flashing on the TV behind the, the kid in the room trying to answer my question. So it's, it's a lot, it's so distracting. And I just, if a, if a parent's like losing their mind while a student is trying to speak, I just mute the child immediately. I'm like, Oh, I'll come back to you. Going off that Zoom video
4: it sees everything also not just the audio and i had oh, yeah. a sibling running in the background naked um behind him back and forth for and i had to as fast as i could i turned off his camera and i called mom and i was like you need to get your son like out of the video now
5: You can turn off the camera for them cuz i cannot On It Zoom. is out there
4: yeah, see, I'm-, I'm on
5: Google Meet and we cannot. Aww. So whatever's out there in the background, like parent walking by in a robe, dad with the shirt off, like any anything, and anything, like it's just on the camera. I can't control that. Are You're you going to
0: see some dads with their shirts off?
5: I've seen some crazy stuff.
0: <laughs> it sounds like y'all are having quite the experience. Um, I am sorry that COVID has turned your working environment into what sounds like a shit show. I'm happy y'all are making it through. It sounds like all of you are close to the end, though. Like, it seems like the school year is winding down for everyone. So you did, in fact, make it through this COVID year.
5: Two weeks. I have two weeks left. I have five weeks left, but I'm holding Jesus.
0: on. Jesus. How long you got left? Of the school year. Oh,
3: oh, I got nine more school days because. Oh, I thought he was about to say weeks. I was like, oh, no, no, <laughs> yeah. nine more school days. Y'all let out win Memorial Day? Yeah, final uh, graduation June 9th. and then we have like finals week. So yeah, like nine to uh, twelve more school days because like next week we have we're off Monday. <laughs> this week we're off Friday. It's like
0: oh, is- you're counting like literal days, not like. No, like you're calling days. like school days, not like day's day. School Come days. on, man. You got me all messed up. I got it. I got you. I'm, yeah, I, got I got you. It. You guys like, do a prom?
3: Um, we did not have a prom, but the sister school, so it's an all-boys Catholic school, the girls' school had a prom, and uh, they had a quarantine. for The kids who went to that prom had a quarantine for 10 days. Or take a COVID test after five days. And if the test is negative, they're good. So, like, that happened two weeks
1: ago. I was going to say, imagine missing out on senior prom. I'd be heated. Yeah, it
3: sucks. Last year, they missed everything. It was, I feel really bad for the seniors.
1: Oh, that would be terrible. But um, then you go to college, so hopefully yeah. you can live it up then.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's <laughs> assume they all went to college. That, that's very true. <laughs> also, that's very true. Some of them went to go work for their dads at their shitty la- landscaping company, bro. You just they life they life them. over now. Ugh. But uh I'm out of things. Unless any of y'all have anything else, I think we can wrap. Um, do
1: you guys want to wrap with like one of the more rewarding things or best things that you've had in teaching so far?
2: Yeah, ended on a positive.
1: Yeah, let's get that.
3: No, I think the best thing for me, honestly, is just the kids who are really struggling in the beginning of the year, like especially the freshmen, adjusting to this situation, who might like failed a couple of classes because they really didn't know what they were getting themselves into. And now they're getting like 90s and 95s. And um, that happens a lot. Like So it's like working with the students each year and having them succeed academically. Um way more than they were at the beginning of the year, like learning new things and making new friends. So that's like a big positive.
4: I've been with the same group of kids since they were in kindergarten and I'm now teaching them in second grade. So it's been three years. I haven't had any of the same kids for three years in a row, but like the same grade, same mix of kids. I mean, just like being able to see how much they've grown since kindergarten is amazing and how much they've learned. And they're like becoming actual people now, which is crazy.
5: (laughs) For me, I have really gotten to know my students. It's definitely been harder to do that virtually, but just getting to know them on a personal level and like seeing who they are and what their likes and dislikes are, and knowing that next year when I have them, you know, I'll have that relationship established with them. Um, and the cool thing about being an art teacher is, you know, I get to see kids that start out in pre K um, grow up and, and, and graduate from fifth grade. So I'm really excited to watch some of these these students like grow up and like learn and adapt and grow. I
1: forgot graduating at like fifth grade or something. Yep.
0: Like, bro, what do you mean? I was valedictorian. Oh six, you noticed. Things like that happen. <clears throat>
1: I know, I just forgot I like I forgot that was thing. It's like all, all I think about is like high school graduation and like college graduation is graduations.
5: Well, I guess they call it promotion, fifth grade promotion.
3: Are we put a moving up ceremony no, I just all
1: right I think we're gonna wrap this thing up then um, Greg Kelsey Megan thank you guys for coming on I uh, hope people who were listening got more informed and give more respect to teachers because I feel like they're very underappreciated in today's day and age
0: are you gonna hit them with the movie the TV music
1: yeah. Uh, so we're gonna, yeah, get there. Damn, stole the fire. God damn, dude, fucking coming from the left, sniping me. Uh, so we're gonna go into some music and TV recommendations. If you guys aren't familiar, at the end of each episode, we give, you know, a song, and album recommendation, and then, like, a TV or music movie recommendation, right. so, uh, so I think Paige will start it off, and then we'll just kind of go from there.
0: All right, Paige won't start it off. <laughs> um... <laughs> tv wise queen sugar can't turn it off it's so fucking good queen sugar um music wise you can listen to that jay cole album but it's a throwaway okay. shit's trash okay okay got it page second time
1: go into you tv and music
0: She's cut. She's cut. Great. TV cut. music.
3: All right. TV. I just started The Sopranos. I know I'm a little late to the game. It is a great show. Uh, music. I don't listen to a lot of new music, but I've been listening to Mac Miller a lot. Okay.
1: Paige, a third time, if you can hear us, can you say your music in TV? She's not here. Kelsey, well, your like, turn.
4: <laughs> All right. Well, my show at the moment, it manifests. NBC, so good. Movie, I'm going to go with Trolls. Um, I know it's a cartoon. What? but It is my no. favorite movie. And I play the soundtrack with my kids every day, so it's also my music recommendation. But if I actually had to give you an actual one, I'll go with Justin Bieber. The Justice Album, my favorite. All
1: right, Megan, your turn.
5: Oh, my gosh. I feel like I don't have a life to answer these questions. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I don't really have, like, a specific style or musical artist. I guess I listen to country a lot when I'm, like, really just trying to, like, increase my mood. Um, Show-wise, I've been binging Peaky Blinders on Netflix. Yes.
0: Fucking yes.
5: Love that show. 100% would recommend. Um, so good. Movie. Movies are hard. I kind of watch anything and everything.
1: Paige, your last chance. This is your time to shine.
2: Can you hear me?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yes.
2: Okay, sorry. I guess my computer fucked up or something. Um, Music, um, I'm going to say Allie and AJ, which, you know, massive throwback, but they're randomly coming out with, with new music. And the couple songs that they've put out are actually really good. And then TV, I'm currently rewatching um, Sex Education on Netflix. They, Great show. Oh my God, it's so good. And I completely forgot that it was good. But they now have a season two. So I started rewatching that last night.
1: TV wise, I'm very close to finishing the first season of Love Island. Oh, yeah. UK version. So oh, it's close. the best show ever. So yes. close. Um, TV or er, movie wise, I watched the fifth engagement this weekend. Love a nice rom-com. Jason Segel, Emily Blunt. You got Chris Pratt in there. Mindy Kaling. Kevin Hart was in there for some reason. That was great. There. great
0: movie.
1: Great movie. Nice you said way
0: too many people for that to be a good movie. I'm Bro, gonna it was, in,
1: it was in 2012, so that's when you know they weren't pop popping like.
0: That. Okay, okay, that's okay.
1: So good movie. Um, music, J. Cole album. I thought it was great. I don't. I don't think it's a throwaway. And by any means. But I'm a J. Cole fan. Jermaine Cole. The real is back, the V is back. Yeah. So uh, as you heard, we had some slight audio issues, and it appears we lost the tail end of this podcast. But you know, it's the same as always. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Porch Talk No A. Leave a review and have a podcast. If you do, it gets right at the beginning of the podcast. Subscribe. The YouTube channel is up and coming. Search Porch Talk. You might find it. Who knows? But up and coming um video stuff coming soon we got some stuff coming hopefully next week we'll see if everything turns out well and works out but with that being said, we appreciate you for listening and we'll be back next week. I'm
3: boarding a house and I'm in the house, boy. Boy, boarding a house and I'm in the house, boy. Boy, boarding a month for gain house, boy. And I'm boarding a month for gain house, boy. boarding a month for gain house, boy. boarding a month for gain house, boy. Boy, boarding a month for gain house, boy. boarding a month for gain house, boy. Boy, boarding a
0: month for gain house, boy. Boy, boarding a month for gain house, boy in the streets niggas riding in the streets try the police then we sob and repeat i done seen this like a hundred million times seen a white riot, get a black nigga shot